some of us are so beaten up in our in our in our sense of dignity that we need someone else to look us in the eye and remind us who we are. People of Christian City, people of every everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. Let's talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little. Yeah. Bit. You know, they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are. And say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. Here with you today is Blake. And here with you today is Shayla. And we have uh, another special guest, someone who's been a longtime regular face at Christ in the City in many capacities, but also someone who has got to know many of our past missionary years. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, I introduce to you Chris Lanciotti, or should I call you professor during this conversation? Instructor is fine. Instructor, instructor is fine. Oh, I'll be using that the <laughs> yeah, entire conversation. We'll Thanks for having instructor, me. professor. Uh, and Chris, I mean, just a little background about him. He runs a kind of a sister organization of Christ in the City called Creatio, who is a really just an outdoor adventure mission company where organization where they bring and show the beauty of the Lord through creation and pilgrimages. And we partner with Creatio for our own missionary pilgrimage each year, and we're mm-hmm. so grateful for. But the reason he's here is not to talk about that. It's his other side gig as Professor Lanciotti. (laughs) Instructor? Instructor. Instructor Uh, Lanciotti. Either one is fine. (laughs) So each year, the Christ in the City missionaries, as we talk about the formation we give them, right? And I receive this as a missionary as well. Intellectual life is so important to understand Mm -hmm. why do we serve the poor in the way we do and how can we do it better? It's so important to be rooted and to have this understanding based on Catholic social teaching, the history of the church, the wisdom, all the way from Jesus Christ, and then through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So one of the courses our first year missionaries take every year is Catholic social teaching, and that is where Professor Lanciotti comes in. So Chris, how long have you been teaching Catholic social teaching to our missionaries? I have been teaching now for almost four years. I think about four years. I... My first teaching gig was with the Denver Catholic Biblical School, Catechetical School, that I began right out of my time studying at the the Masters at the Augusta Institute, and I immediately started teaching the fall after I finished, and yeah, a couple of years after that teaching experience, Christ in the City needed a professor, and this is a subject that touches my heart very deeply, Mm -hmm. and I will die, I will rewind us just for a second in terms of the, the connection with Creatio. I would say that the, the connection here with the work that I do and the work that Christ in the City does uh, is a very profound reconstruction of the Catholic worldview. I think that's very important, mm. uh, something that we're doing in both programs, yeah. something we're doing in most ministries and apostolates today. It's not just a series of actions, but it's reconstructing vision. And I yeah. think you guys have talked about that a lot. The way we see things, it's mm. it's very important. And, and the Catholic social teaching is not just a series of like commandments, sure. like the Ten Commandments, but instead it's a rebuilding of the Catholic vision of society. So what is Catholic social teaching? Right? Like what is this and <laughs> maybe even why is it important? Ooh, many, many reasons. From the most basic that our faith has implications in our daily life. 
Wow. It's, it's the application of faith to life. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and Catholic social teaching simply is a reminder that every single aspect of our life is affected by the faith. Mm. Yeah. We are integral beings, mm-hmm. right? Our spiritual, what we do, you know, behind closed doors in prayer has to impact how we live. Yeah. I think it's really interesting too, because we are in such a world now where culture is so secular. It is so separated from the church. Whereas if you look in, you know, past centuries of even the, in the history of the church, there were different times in the world where it was much more Catholic or was, yeah. was much more at least geared toward that sort of culture. And now we're just so in like a, yeah, back in an apostolic age almost of just like having to, to live this out in, in every aspect of life. And it's so, countercultural now yeah, in a, in a very noticeable way. Yeah. So from the Christ in the city standpoint, right? Like why is it important that our missionaries learn Catholic social teaching? Yeah. And I think it's because when you're serving the poor, right? When we are living out the gospel message that Jesus Christ entrusted to us. Um, again, we're not doing anything brand new here at Christ in the city or super creative. We're just really just, the Lord has given us this part of his gospel message and we're going to the streets to the spiritually poor and trying to love them. And from my perspective, Catholic social teaching, having an understanding of it guides how we serve the poor, mm-hmm. what we interact with or in what ways we interact with them what we give them, what we teach them, and helping our missionaries have this view of the world as well. But from Professor Lanciotti's standpoint, why is it important that our missionaries uh, understand, like why would someone serving the poor need to, you know, begin to dive into Catholic social teaching? Yeah. Uh, Primarily because they, well, after they leave Christ in the city, uh, I don't know if this is any in particular order, but they need to have... uh, deeply ingrained, like as I mentioned earlier, this Catholic worldview that yeah. begins with the preservation of human dignity. And that at the core of Catholic social teaching is the human person. It's useful, and I say useful because uh, it's a term that's understood by everyone and kind of very common in the modern era to to organize ministries or nonprofits or let's say soup kitchens, et cetera, et cetera, services that help other people to organize them in a, in a very efficient way, a utilitarian way. Mm-hmm. How many mouths do we have to feed? How many beds do we have to, to, to build, construct? How, yeah. many, how many homeless shelters do we need? How much money is this going to cost? All those ways of thinking are, are profoundly useful. Uh, one of the Catholic intuitions in all of this is, yes, okay, these are efficient and like we might even say scientific ways of looking at things. But one of the things that you guys probably talk about it pretty frequently is that when you look at things as numbers, you you lose a face. You know, at yeah. the same time, you 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 lack. Despite the fact that you might have enough beds for the homeless to sleep in, in Denver, mm. they're not sleeping in those beds. There's a reason for that. Despite the fact that you might have enough food to feed them, they're not being fed. Despite the fact mm-hmm. you have enough resources to get them off the street, they're not getting off the street. Well, because the problem is not a scientific problem, right? Mm-hmm. This scientific worldview that looks at problems and solutions and hypotheses that bring us to conclusions, etc. Uh, doesn't work when it comes to the mystery of the human person. And that's really what Catholic social teaching is trying to remind us to do. So if a missionary were to go and leave this program and later go and work for a secular nonprofit, which I know many who do. Yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, even just a regular job. Yeah, you know? a regular job. They have to bring that vision of protecting the value of the person, of seeing the person everywhere they go. And I think that's 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 profoundly what, what you guys are trying to teach in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, of course, like it, it, it's not to the detriment of those other very important economic yeah. business, uh, practical ways of seeing things Totally, that you might learn in any kind of nonprofit management course, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, a nonprofit management course might not teach you the value of the, in, of the human person. Right? right. And if you lose sight of that, you might lose sight of the person and you might trample on someone's, on someone's humanity, which is much more important than anything else. So the poor are not a problem to be fixed, but a person to be encountered. Yeah. Right. And we've been saying that a lot recently and it's resonating with our missionaries, with our staff, with right. the, you listeners, with, you know, this greater Christ in the city family. It, it's real. And that, that what Chris just said, right? This, the poor, not a problem to be fixed, but a person to be encountered. That is Catholic social teaching lived out. Right. Mm-hmm. So in one way, Catholic social teaching can be so intellectual. Mm-hmm. And in another, it is so tangible. It is, it is real. It is touchable in a way. And sometimes impractical. Yeah. Or like not, not in the, yeah, in the practical numbers. Oh, I like that. Yes. It's sometimes impractical. But with that, Chris, let's dive into some just principles, right? And I, I think what we're going to have Chris end with, so we really wanted to share why does this apply to you all? And I think one, one more thing before that, and he mentioned, you know, our missionaries, yes, we have them learn about Catholic social teaching while they're missionaries, but we know that this program ends at two years for a reason. Mm-hmm. So we want to equip and form these missionaries to be future leaders in whatever capacity that means. And that's why this is so important. And we encourage you all to dive in. So with that, Chris, you know, where, like, tell us a little more about Catholic social teaching. I know he gives an entire semester course on this. So who knows which way this, uh, this episode is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so deep. So give us just an overview um, yeah, briefly, I think the overview um, could begin just with kind of with the historical, um, the modern historical story behind yeah. Catholic social teaching. Um, okay, so the, 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 the Second Vatican Council will, will finally summarize this, what Leo XIII started, and I think he's the one that really starts it. Um, it says, man's dignity rests in the fact that he can be in communion with God. Simply enough. Man's dignity rests, and this is Gaudium Spes 19, uh, Man's dignity rests in the fact that he can be in communion with God. It doesn't say he is in communion with God. It's that he can perfectly, be. That he can be. And that's enough. The fact that each human person can have a relationship with God is the center of their dignity. So mm. it doesn't matter, you know, what state of life they're in, what religion they are. Like we respect their human dignity because we know, mm-hmm. right? Like we must. Mm. The Lord wants them. Yeah, the mystery. Right? The, the poor on the street, the homeless, those who have done some of the worst things that we meet on the street. There's nothing that can separate them. Nothing can separate them from how much God desires them. <clears throat> Correct. I think that makes me think of reconciliation too. Like that is, mm-hmm. it's almost like each human person's capable of relationship with God, yeah. but re- reconciliation with God too, that that mm-hmm. is, that's a capacity for every human person. So thus they have, that's where human dignity comes from. Mm-hmm. We are completely dependent on and think of the other people you're dependent on, but like yeah. fundamentally you are dependent on something holding you in existence. And that's, that's again, a profound intuition in theology that the Catholic church is defending in social teaching saying that we are all members of one another, like Paul says in Corinthians. And you bring something up there. It's like Catholic social teaching. You know, a lot of people have a lot of confusions about this. Our missionaries have a lot of confusions, maybe some mm. volunteers here, there. I had confusions about this and it's like, Everything 
the church teaches at its core when not misunderstood goes to flows together, right? They never contradict each other. We, we know the human person is important and society is important. We know like the communion of persons, all of these truths, they are true in the natural law. They are true in biology, science, Mm -hmm. theology, philosophy, like a truth is a truth. And I think that's something that Catholic social teaching does so well especially for our missionaries and those who, you know, serve the poor is say like, okay, this service to the poor, this evil in the world or whatever, like the worst injustices we see, that is not separate from our Catholic teaching of how we serve them, Mm. how to explain this in the history of man, you know, and yeah. So I'll just say the center then is a good, it's a good segue just to say the, the center principle of Catholic social teaching, which is kind of gets coined more in the, John Paul II era is that it's called the personalist principle that the human person is the, and I'm going to misquote this, uh, but it's in his, one of his doc, I think it's Santissimo Sanos, uh, that the human person is the beginning center and goal of society. So the, oh, so that is the, you know, and it also it's understood, important to understand his own school of philosophy and yes. personalism, et cetera. But I think that's a, it's a bold claim. The person is the beginning, the center and goal of society, the preservation, the, the mm-hmm. flourishment, the love um, of the person, and everything in the world kind of transpires. And that's what we read in Genesis. The theology mm-hmm. of the, yeah. body, the body flows out of this. It's, it's a type of Catholic social teaching, per se. Yeah. yeah. I think we even just, like, see these, these simple, um, like, the core of it. We can see when that's missing, uh, especially mm-hmm. with, with serving the homeless on the streets and, exactly. and getting to know them. And you can just see, like, the the brokenness and you can see their detachment or their, yeah, their separation from what makes us most human. Mm -hmm. And that is being in relationship with one another and being in communion. Mm -hmm. And when, when the homeless, they don't have maybe those same sort of relationships um, or they have, have set themselves apart from, from other people. That's where we see the biggest rupture. And that's especially where our missionaries get to like encounter that on a daily basis that they get to see those who are like, at, at the core of who they are, that need isn't being met, that need to be Correct. in relationship, in communion with another person, or maybe it's not being met in like fulfilling ways, you know? And so that's where the missionaries get to, to enter into it. Um, and that's why I think it's super valuable too, to even bring this like into, into the light, into context of just when we're teaching missionaries to go to the streets. Um, you know, it's not just a feel good thing. It's not just a do good by your neighbor because it's the right thing, but like that they are, that there's this need that is not, um, that's not being met. And that is like inherent to every human person that we have this, this core that we, mm-hmm. we need that relationship. And so the missionaries going to the streets is like, they get to answer that, that yeah. in a oh, sense. Completely directly. So there's some like basic principles, right? Mm-hmm. Which have been broken down mm-hmm. and really just brought about, regarding Catholic social teachings. Chris, would you just go over those basic principles for us and kind of give a brief intro to each one of them? I'm never brief. I know, but I got to say the word. (laughs) A semi-brief? Chris and I are are the same here. We're not very brief human beings. I should learn learn to be brief. Yeah, so the Catholic social teaching kind of, and I say kind of because over time it seems that they're slightly, they're accumulating slightly more principles, but they're they're really principally four uh, principles of Catholic social teaching. And they all kind of fall underneath the principle of the human person uh, that we already brought up, that the human person is the beginning center and goal of, of, uh, of a flourishing society. 
uh, underneath that principle of preserving human dignity, uh, we have three principles. Uh, one is that society should always strive for the common good. And the common good is, yeah, and I think I was going to say this earlier, but now I think it's even more apparent. A lot of Catholic social teaching is, is more about getting definitions right. Uh, hmm. So the definition of the person, right? So the person in, you know, the mind of the Enlightenment was an individual that then enters into a relationship by contract, but does not need, like I said before, a dependent relationship. You enter into a relationship with them for convenience. That, I'm, I'm very mm. simplifying their philosophy, but yeah, relationship of, of convenience. And think about how people treat each other today. Sure. A lot of it's contractual. A lot of it's, yeah. what are you going to give me? What Tra- do I get yeah, out of that this? That transactional. Yeah, instead yeah, of, yeah. I need you, that's way different. Ooh, that's right? so different. Well, the common good is preserving that. It's saying, hey, we, I need you to achieve a good that only the two of us can achieve. So think yeah. of a team. The common good essentially says we're all on a team striving towards being good human beings. Yeah. Mm. So <clears throat> the common good is first in a way, you know, and I, I, you know, I, obviously I'm treading lightly here. It's more important per se, or it's greater than my good per se. I'm not saying that yep, no. I have to sacrifice all, my good all the time. What I'm saying is the common good is the greater good that we can achieve. So in other words, uh, you know, if I were to go play a baseball game by myself, against the New York Yankees, I would lose, right? Because I it would only be one position. I would, yeah. You know, but if me, if I'm a, with eight other guys, I'm going to, maybe I could win the game. Probably not, but. Probably not, <laughs> but, but we get the point. It could on be. On a com- team, the yeah. win, the win, the winning of a team, we celebrate the winning of the team better than this, like the winning of the individual. I'm not trying to compare between mm. individual sports and team sports. I'm just saying we celebrate that unified victory. Yeah. And that's, that the common good is that. It is a, it's a unified sum of all the great, of the goods of each person. It's. Mm. The goodness of the human race. So we, we might say that, and you'll notice this in Catholic social teaching, we like to support small businesses because they generate a more healthy community. Whereas the nameless corporation where you don't know who the CEO is and you don't know who the executives are seems to be less human per se. I'm not saying that there's not human beings working there, but you tend to lose that humanity when you get bigger and bigger. Hmm. So the common good does not mean we become that faceless, yeah. nameless corporation, but it says, no, we preserve the good of all of us by working towards it together. Uh, yeah. So that's a common good. Two more <laughs> principles. So we yes. got the common good. Okay. So then, the, then? Pri- the principle of subsidiarity. Yeah. Subsidiarity means, uh, to paraphrase uh, imperfectly, delegation is good. Delegation is good. The first responsibility always resides to the lowest level. That's subsidiarity. So the parents would be the most mm-hmm. responsible. So, for example, a, a Catholic social teaching around education of children would say, like a school of choice or the parents' responsibility and right to educate their children belongs to them first and not the state. It trusts the individual. Yeah. It, it's, not, yeah. it's principles. The higher should not do for the lower, what the lower can do for themselves. Right. right. And it, and it still means that the higher should step in in case of need. Yes. So we're not always, yeah. we're not going far right either. Right. Catholic no. Social teaching isn't either. It, it truly be, isn't. It's Catholic. Yeah. Subsidiarity says that each person's responsible for their own moral life, for example. So, um, it's another thing that's very important. So everyone should be, we should give people as many freedoms as possible to exercise their own and society shouldn't be intruding and, and invading that freedom. It should be encouraging them to exercise it on their own. So we should be providing opportunity for each person to own their own property, things like that. That's another example. of. So, so what does this look like on the streets? I have an example here, right? So our missionaries go out and I think people are surprised that we don't have a checklist, right? We don't have a checklist or, things the yeah. missionaries need we to do every day yeah. on the streets. Cause mm. that would be saying, we know what your conversation is going to be like. No, we actually mm. encourage the missionaries 
to respond in the moment because they are the ones in the moment capable of making that decision. We don't want to make the decision for them. We want to allow the freedom, the flourishing of their conversation, right? And that's why it's so important that we don't have, you know, our guidelines are about safety and just providing a space that there can be an encounter. But after that, good example. we want our missionaries, they they don't have to pray with someone every time they talk to someone like there's no like checklist right it is truly respond to what the holy spirit calls you to Mm. and what the what you see is best in that through the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and like your form guide and i think that's a great example around here of us trying to really live that out and it makes sense right these big terms thinking about government it can get confusing but man this makes sense parents know it right the more they can teach their kids to make decisions on their own the easier parenting becomes, yeah. right? Or the better formed human they become. Yeah. And not only, I mean, to just tack on to that, not only does it just give freedom, it gives agency mm. to like for that person yeah. to actually choose something for the good of, of themselves because it is the good and they, but they get to choose that and they have the, mm. the freedom and the agency to choose it. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I, I, this is my favorite principle to just jump in there because my favorite philosopher, uh, Dietrich von Hildebrand uh, talks all the time about principle yeah. of subsidiarity and the importance. So he actually says that agency is responsibility, is mm-hmm. freedom. So agency, like the culture should be creating a healthy opportunity for uh, the exercise of human attitudes. Yeah. Uh, so in other words, we should be creating an opportunity for someone to respond with love, yep. which like you said about on the streets, you're creating an opportunity, an invitation, a culture of invitation where they should say, I want to love back. We shouldn't be, in any way, manipulating the person towards something, totally. uh, like hanging mm-hmm. a carrot on a stick per se. Uh, oh, if you do this, then I'll love you. No, no, we're creating an opportunity for a relationship to happen. And that's what subsidiarity is trying to do. And, too, and this think, is, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it applies. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're out there, you have a family. I mean, my wife, Kelly and I, both missionaries who took Catholic social teaching and talk about this principle a lot. It's like with our son, Joseph, our aim is to teach him to be a like independent thinking adult. Now that doesn't mean we're going to just give him all the power to make all the decisions he wants. No, that's against the common good, right? So it's mm-hmm. like... He's un- what? Is he one, two? Yeah, well, we, we may not live this well <laughs> Has yet. He done this the is hypothetical. Yet? No, no, he, we're still working on English. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like, yeah, we have all this hypothetical. And then when, once we become parents, we know we can't even set many principles yet. Or like for each kid, right? We've had parents tell us that. And I think that's how our missionaries formation is here. It's like... Yeah, it's standardized, but also individualized, mm-hmm. just like our, our care for the poor we encounter, mm-hmm. right? And I think that is such a, a basic reality of subsidiarity is it helps us love the person in front of us the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also realizing there are rules for reasons for our missionaries. Mm-hmm. There are rules for kids. Yep. And yeah, it's necessary to, like Chris said, sometimes the hire does need to get involved. So that's my favorite principle too. Kelly and I talk about that one a lot. So Last we, one. The human principle, the human person under that, it's the common good, subsidiarity, and the final one. Solidarity. So solidarity, and I I think I mentioned also the preferential option for the poor, which kind of flows through all of that. We haven't talked about that much. Let's talk about that after solidarity. Yeah, I think of it more, and I put it somewhere there kind of randomly. I think it's more of like a cross-section of all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to mention it now because solidarity is the reminder that, first of all, all human persons, all human uh, person, all, all... beings that have the human existence that to be yeah like weird and scientific about it all of those who, of us who possess human dignity so whether from 
you know, the unborn and the womb all the way through those who are suffering some illness or in a coma, et cetera. All of us who possess dignity, we're all in solidarity. We're all in uh, what we might say a common relationship. And this is the easiest mm. principle for, for the world to grasp today because we have a, a sense of this, you know, this resounding equality yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, in a sense, this is the one that's the, the missionaries like to talk about the most because it's a hot topic in our culture. Uh, what What's difficult, and I, and I, and I want to be, again, tread lightly here, is that when solidarity becomes the first principle, we're in, we're in a lot of problems. Mm. Actually, the first principle ultimately, right, is the person in possible relationship with God. Solidarity, the fact that we're all in the same horizontal relationship, if that becomes the extreme, then you know, the de- then we fight for the definition of the person and we fight amongst ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we can redefine the person, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this is the easiest one to understand. We all yeah. share, we all suffer, we all live, we all laugh and 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 suffer and cry together as a human race. And the Catholic Church is a, is a profound defender of that idea. We live in solidarity with each other. And this, of course, was the great name in Polish of the movement that John Paul II supported in Poland that ended up overthrowing in many yeah. ways the, the communists, the Solidarity, Solidarność or something. I'm going to mess it up. But solidarity was the reminder that we all have a common dignity. Um, we should we should sit. Sometimes we just need to sit together and, yeah. and wrap our arms around somebody. Um, it's the reminder that, and like I said, with the preferential option for the poor, that some of us are so beaten up in our in our in our sense of dignity that we need someone else to look us in the eye and remind us who we are. Ooh, um, I like things that. like that. I think that's that's what solidarity is aiming at. It's in the context though of all of the other principles. A friend of mine, actually a brother in the community, used to say, um, and he was an American, but he was playing with this phrase that we say a lot. This cliche they say, we say a lot of times, Jesus meets you where you're at. He used to say in response, but he doesn't like where you're at. <laughs> he wants to move you yeah. to, to the perfection of your of your humanity. So, sure, a lot of times solidarity for us means, yes, God or the other person is going to meet you where you're at, but they don't want to leave you there. Mm. Ooh, I like that, yeah. right? Because if we see someone and we love them and are convinced that a better life is possible, we have hope. Mm-hmm. right? We want them to improve. And we talk about this with our homeless friends so often, right? Like Jesus, we hope to meet them where they're at, but man, do we, do we really pray and hope and with, you know, whatever way we are called to help guide them to a better life, more relationship, more encounter, yeah, a relationship with God. And mm-hmm. I think this has become the kind of mortal sin of our time to uh, not respect solidarity, right? If you, not and and it, it gets it gets abused and I you know I don't want to get into a huge tangent there but not everybody will need the same thing to reach yeah. that perfection of their humanity like you said it, the key is a better life and I I just think of the example of several of our friends who passed recently yeah and how the many of the people at their funerals were were Christ in the city people and maybe you know members of their family were not present but the better place was you might think oh but everyone should they must be restored to their family or they must have be in housing or they must this and must that. Well, the end is the must is their relationship um, yeah. of a loving relationship that, that, that kind of mirrors and echoes and points toward the relationship with God. That's the, the essential of the person. Yeah. Um, so should all of the poor and all of the poorest cities of the world have better living conditions? Well, we, we'd like that, but what they need is love. So solidarity mm-hmm. is a reminder of, and then we're not trying to over spiritualize. Yeah. No, the most not important at all. thing that they need is love and that they're getting that and they have opportunity for that. 
So the... How? How do we do this? Maybe what examples do we have? Be a saint. Be a saint. Strive for holiness. So the yeah. uh, examples of that, right, that most move us are the people who didn't necessarily sit down and study, and I'm not trying to make fun of that because that includes myself, study theology for a long time, and then say, hmm, theology says I should love. I've been spending 10 years on this master's and licentiate or whatever, and now I realize that the center of a human person is love. And so I'll go love now. No, yeah. um, no, we're saying love the people in front of you now. And, and that's, that's what the saints did. Um, so yeah. Chris, to, to wrap up, right? To wrap up, you just gave us a lot of both high level theology, intellectual thoughts and ideas and principles. History. History, as well as just some practical stuff. But let's say right now, Shayla and I, and all of our listeners like what is one not one way that's a bad way like how would you recommend to your students how would you recommend to us the listeners like how do i go live catholic social teaching right now um yeah it is a lot to 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 take all in one he's probably going to try to be brief but we know that doesn't work we know it's okay man just let it go Uh, the first thing that came to mind and maybe i don't know if it's what the holy spirit wanted I mean, the first thing that Catholic social teaching is trying to do is have you make an examination of conscience, not just on your sins, but try this. And I always tell this to the class, make an examination of conscience of your relationships right now. So how many people in your life can you have a deep conversation with? Make a list. I don't know. Maybe it's three or it's four. We need deep, intimate relationships in our life. And so if that list is like, uh, and I, I, you know, it's probably not more than two or three people, maybe per person, maybe, maybe it's up to five or six. Make sure you are in deep relationships. And I would say that's, that's the first thing. So maybe then if, if your if your list is at zero right now or one, go talk to that one person this week or go add another person to that list. Someone who's been on your mind is like, you know what? I really need to rekindle that friendship because I think again, it's, it's, it's the reminder that in relationship we find our identity. Yeah. That's at the, for me at the core of Catholic social teaching. It's, I mean, social is about right, social media, right? <laughs> like we, we think about the, the relationships and the poverty of those relationships. I think it's just meaningful relationships is, is what's at the center of the person and obviously the hierarchy of relationships in God. Mm. So spend some time this week thinking about the relationships that you're in and, and making one or two of them deeper. That say. is yeah. so profound. So easy mm-hmm. and not at the same time, right? Like that, we can do it simply, but it takes some serious reflection. Yeah, and your relationships are only going to be as deep as your deepest one. So mm-hmm. all of your other ones, um, and again, I, of course, I would say like, oh, pray more holy hours. Yes, please. But I think right now, uh, and especially in the in the kind of Catholic rejuvenation that we're experiencing in the U.S., which is really a blessing too in the new evangelization, one piece that definitely, and maybe I'm maybe I'm not right about this, but that sometimes seems to play second fiddle. It's like the holy hour is like the number one thing. Pray the holy hour, please, and please pray your holy hours. Please pray. Relationship with God is primary, but I feel like that second relationship, which is with others and yourself, mm. gets a kind of second fiddle. And again, Focus does this really well with realizing that discipleship is at the core of their work. Yeah, and so I'll just highlight them you have to have prayer and others prayer. Totally. And, and I just, I think that's, that's and what we talk about in community mm-hmm. here at Christ in the city is like the same 
face of Christ who was in the Eucharist is the same face of Christ in the poor and in your fellow community members and friends. Well said. Right. So it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's relationship with Christ. Don't forget all of his faces, right? And all those ways he, yep. he wants to reveal his unique glimpses to us. So, Chris, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I kept thinking as you were talking um, when the quote from Mother Teresa that says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm. And she, she... Gosh, that's so good. And she, her being the one that's like constantly with the poor. Right. You know, like she is with the poor, was with the poor all mm-hmm. the time. Yep. And she says, go home and love your family. Of course. If you, you can't do that, you can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an encouragement, too, to, to our listeners. That's so good. Great. Thank well, you, instructor. Chris, <laughs> Professor Big Boss Lanciati, thank you so much thank for being for here. Me. It was a joy. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. And to all you out there, uh, yeah, say a prayer for Chris. Thank you. Guys. And all of our professors out there. It's uh, mm-hmm. not an easy time, but it's a hopeful time. So thank Wonderful. you. Thank you, guys. God bless. See you all in a couple weeks. Thanks. God bless. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Homeless But Human today. In order to keep producing this content for you all, we invite you to consider joining our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways that you can join us on mission. Your monthly gift sends missionaries out to the streets day after day and helps us to continue recording and sharing our podcast. It's our vision that every city not only has soup kitchens and shelters, but communities who are committed to helping the homeless know that they have a home in us. And what is home but a small taste of Christ's infinite love? Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community. And if you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave a review. To get more involved with the mission, visit ChristInTheCity.org.